Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman, and I have a brand new co-host this week. Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Olivia Mentor. I'm really excited about Olivia joining. If you missed it, she was a guest on our episode March 16th, and we did a little a little pre-transition hang, um, but she is officially taking over the reins from Grace as my new co-host going forward. And this month is going to be mostly about getting to know Olivia. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I want – I mean, you and I don't know each other as well as Grace and I do. And I want our listeners to get to know and love you because they don't have four years of every random thought you've ever had. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> but I am very excited for everything, including the first month of episodes and questions. And this one in particular, I think it's going to be really fun. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be weird. So I thought – I was like, how do we get to know Olivia? So there's this article in the New York Times in the Modern Love column about – 40 questions for love. And we don't have time to answer all 40, but I thought we could answer as many as we can to see if both me and the audience can fall in love with you and vice versa. I'm going to answer them Again, too. no pressure at all. No pressure. Well, I mean, I feel like the- You're answering them too, I'm right? answering them yeah. too, yeah. So, and I think they're great questions to get to know you better too, even though people have been listening to you for four years. So we're all going to discover something together. Yeah. So apparently the other part of this exercise that we are not doing is you were supposed to stare into each other's eyes for four minutes uninterrupted. We kind of just did that, though, because we had photos taken for the podcast and we just had to pretend like we were podcasting and we were about six inches from each other's faces just staring and staring and smiling and fake laughing and then real laughing. Do you feel like it fostered more intimacy? I, I feel like it did. I don't think I want to do it again, but we're kind of doing it right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're in person. So Olivia oh, yeah. came up from Philly to, for photos, and we figured it would be good to record in person for the first one and teach her how to use all the equipment and everything. So we were sitting across my dining room table from each other, staring into yes, each other's we eyes. we are. It's a very unique experience, but I'm very excited. And also, Becca's apartment is just as cute as it looks on Instagram. I'm happy to report. Oh, thank you. I was going to say your eyes are really pretty. Oh, wow. Thanks. We might be in love by the end of this. I don't know. <laughs> we're going for drinks after to continue the date. Oh. <laughs> Before we get into these questions, should we do some highs and lows? Let's do it. Tell me your high. So my high is being in New York today. I haven't been in New York in two years. I used to live here for about four years. And it is the most beautiful, sunny, perfect temperature spring day that you could ever imagine. Just the optimal day in New York. And it just feels really exciting to be here, to be recording, to be doing this. I feel really hopeful and like inspired by everything. And it just feels like the perfect way to kick off spring and I'm excited. If we were in college, this would be skirt day. Did you have skirt day? Is that the first day where you cannot wear pants? It's, I mean, it's kind of sexist. I feel like men used to say this, but also we called it that too. So everyone agreed on skirt day where it was the first day that it was warm enough. And when I was in college, at least everyone wore their denim skirt. I did have a denim skirt I was very attached to, and I also wore it with my, like, ankle height Uggs. Yes. And it was it was very much a spring look, so I, so I can relate. So I today is relate. skirt day. It is. I don't own a denim skirt anymore. I don't either, thank God. I but feel like they're back. 
They are. And it's like also the low rise version. And I'm like, why, why has fashion forsaken me in this way? I truly can't decide how on board I'm going to get with this kind of 90s revival trend. Right now, I'm saying I am not going to, but I'm curious if I get sucked in. I I thought that way too. I was like, oh, the square toe heels, the sunglasses, and now I kind of want all of it. So I guess I'm just along for the ride, but there are certain things. Like sure. every time I see someone in like a flare legging, I'm like, I want to be you, but also oh, I am frightened. My hard tails from college. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. Okay, what about you? Um, My high is this. Is that cheesy? <laughs> no. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have the whole day with you. I am realizing, or I was realizing when I wrote this outline, you and I have never hung out one-on-one in person, which sounds like a an insane thing to say having invited you to co-host this podcast with me. It does, but I think it kind of makes it better in a way. I think it's very on brand for me. I moved to San Francisco without ever having been there. Like I think I am somewhat of an impulsive person and I just kind of feel vibes. And Yes, same, same. And so I feel good about it. Olivia and I have been having a bi-weekly Zoom call since the beginning of the year, chatting about the podcast and, and what we want to do. So We've spent time together. We've met in person before, but it was with other people. And we followed each other on Instagram for a while. But this is the first time we're on a date. Yes. And we're getting professional photos taken together and recording our very intimate questions for everyone to hear. So it's fun. It's going well so far. We had pizza. It was delicious. Should I have poured us wine for this? I mean, it is 2.49 on a Friday. What we opened wine, listeners. We did. We did. <laughs> um, cheers. Cheers. What's what about on the low side? So my low is something that has been frustrating me for a while, but it's that I have totally lost all control of any sort of social media habit, boundary, or like rules. And I just feel like I am constantly scrolling and with really zero purpose. Mm-hmm. And there's truly nothing in this world that makes me feel worse or less focused than that. And I used to be pretty good about like setting timers or sort of setting a social media schedule for myself and being more intentional about it. But I have just gotten just completely off track and it feels like shit. I can curse on here, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it feels like shit. (laughs) Okay, great. So I really want to fix that. But yeah, it's just it's felt like garbage. I don't know if you can relate. <laughs> I can totally relate. I feel like every time I get my screen time report on Sundays, I'm like, you did what? It's horrifying. It's like a, just a punch to the gut every time I'm like, oh, oh. Well, you know, what has made me feel better, which is not a solution – it's not the right solution is that I've spent so much time playing Sim City on my phone that in comparison, my social media time is tame. Okay. That is a strategy I was not expecting, but I will consider. It's all relative. <laughs> okay. Get yourself a bigger problem. All right. Good, good point. Good Maybe note. I'll do like a Candy Crush situation. Oh yeah, sure. Okay. 
Honestly, anything would feel better than just spending hours consuming other people's lives because it it does not make me feel good about myself at all. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully I can get a handle on it. I can absolutely relate to that. So what about you? I don't have a low. And I I feel like for the next three episodes, I am going to be a little bit of dead weight in the highs, lows, and books category because we're starting to record this in mid-March so that we can bank a few episodes because Olivia is going to be on vacation and also just to give ourselves some extra time. I think it's nice to do this in a vacuum too without having anyone's responses, but I literally just recorded the podcast with Grace yesterday and my week hasn't really been bad. So I can either complain about the same thing, which would make me feel like a broken record, or I can invent something new. I'm really trying hard to live a double life, but I'm going to need <laughs> I'm gonna need a few more days to get there. Can you just have more bad things happen to you so we can discuss oh, them God. regularly? Oh, God. I'll, I think it's good that you don't have a low. Well, the good thing is that my reading habits right now are so freaking scattered that I'll be able to put some in every pocket because I'm reading nine books at once. So well, that's good. Yeah. So I'll have something there. Let's take an ad break before we get into these questions. Today, we want to talk about Olive and June, a brand that we both love. So I think this podcast now has the distinction of being hosted by two lifelong nail biters who are trying to quit the habit. Is that right? Yes, that is that is very true. And honestly, for so long, I felt like paying hundreds of dollars for regular gel manicures was the only way I'd keep my nails looking nice and not bite them. But I am so happy to have finally tried Olive and June because I think their products are going to be a more affordable and honestly cuter alternative. I'm actually wearing one of their press-on sets as we speak. They were easy to apply even as someone who doesn't wear press-ons regularly. They have a super on-trend green and white check design on the tips, and I got a compliment on them today at Starbucks, and honestly, I'm obsessed with them. They're really cute, and they do not look like press-ons, which is a huge compliment. For me, the trick to not biting my nails is keeping my nails perfectly painted at all times, and Olive and June's Manny system has everything I need for a beautiful, salon-perfect manicure at home. And their nail polishes last seven-plus days and do not chip, and they have my favorite top coat that I've ever used. I swear it is magic. Also, I love that they have such great on-trend colors. And if you're sitting here thinking that you're not skilled enough to do an at-home manicure, that's only because you haven't tried their Poppy, which is Olive and June's patented brush handle, which makes it so easy to paint with both of your hands. And the best part is it's so much more affordable than a salon manicure. We both have the Manny system with six polishes, and it breaks down to just $2 a manicure versus $40 or $50 you'd be paying for one gel manicure in New York or Philly. We're huge fans of the brand and so excited to have a special offer for Bad on Paper listeners. Visit Olive and June slash paper for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash paper, P-A-P-E-R, for 20% off your first Manny system. Into these questions, I've already lied and apparently it's not 40 questions, it's 36 questions. So there's that. You round it up. It's fine. It's fine. So, okay. The background here is that apparently there is a study by the psychologist Arthur Aaron, and we'll link the article in the show notes if you want to read the, the Modern Love article or the study. And it explores whether intimacy between two strangers can be accelerated by having them ask each other 
a specific series of personal questions. The 36 questions in the study are broken up into three sets, with each set intended to be more probing than the previous one. And the idea is that mutual vulnerability fosters closeness. My heart is beating very fast. (laughs) Take a sip of wine. I feel like we're about to be on like a psychological experiment on Netflix or something. Yeah, somebody write in and let us know if they love us more after this or if they've fallen in love with us. Yes, please. Okay. Should we just alternate asking? Sure. We'll both answer. Okay. Question one. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Okay, so this is one of the ones we're on the fence about, and I am very bad at picking one person. Do you have someone for this? I really – Yeah, I would pick Shonda Rhimes. Okay. Which – I get is maybe a weird answer, but I just think she is – I would have so many questions for her. I think that's a great answer. Also, I read her memoir, and I feel like we would get along. Like, I feel like it would be a fun dinner. Can I come? Yeah, absolutely. Since I don't have someone to choose. <laughs> it's too overwhelming for me to pick one person, so I will come to you. Okay, so you're, you're going to punt on this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you want to do it again, and I can just ask you so it's not awkward? No. We're just going to leave all that in. Okay, great. <laughs> we're, we're working out the kinks. Becca, would you like to be famous? And if yes, in what way? Okay, I would like to be famous. Interesting. But I would like to be name famous, not face famous. Okay, so this was my exact answer. Because I think that famous authors have perhaps the best version of being famous. Because no one, for the most part, unless you're Stephen King, really recognizes you. Would you recognize Stephen King in a grocery store? I would. I wouldn't. Really? I I feel like he looks so normal that I would just assume he was a regular 60-year-old guy. I feel like he has an aura. I haven't even read that much Stephen King. I just feel like he's a recognizable author. Who would be the most like recognizable author you can think of? Like if you saw on the street, you'd be like, that's... And this is why you would want to be famous yeah, but as an author. Also, if you showed me a lineup of photos of 60-year-old white men, I don't think I could confidently tell you which one Stephen King was. I think you could. Should we try it? Yeah. Follow-up episode. Okay. Um, yeah, I would want to be name famous, not face famous, because I feel like it would be annoying to be face famous where people are, like, coming up to you in public all the time or, like – trying to take sneaky pictures of you. But like, yeah, I'm an, I'm an egomaniac and I want that acclaim and I want people to think that I'm a genius. I just don't want face fame. You want to be able to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Or like out to dinner without someone taking a photo of you. Yeah. And when listeners come up to me, it's not annoying. I don't want to say that. But um, like if you are Kim Kardashian, I imagine that there is a certain level of like spectacle or, or like The Rock posted on Instagram at some point in the last year. And he was like, this is the first time I've been out to dinner in 10 years or something. And it wasn't that I'm making this, but it was that he's too famous that he can't go out to dinner without closing down the restaurant because otherwise it's just a nightmare. Okay. That makes sense. I I feel generally the same way. So I can relate to that for sure. Okay. Third question. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say and why? I don't make telephone calls often. And actually Becca called me the other night and it was like 7 PM. And I was like, what, what is wrong? There must be something horribly wrong. And it was just that she had a scheduling question to ask me. 
I'm not a talking on the phone person. And I frequently rehearse things I'm going to say. For example, the first time I went to therapy, I spent like a day just being like, okay, here's what I'm going to say. And here's how I'm going to say it. I think it's a social anxiety thing. But yes, I, I do. Do you? It depends. So you have hit on one of my recent worst qualities that I have acquired in the past year, probably. And I can tell you specifically who I acquired it from. And it is randomly calling people. And it is because of our casting director for Rom-Com Pods, Mayank, does this all the time. But also when we're casting, there's usually so much going on and there are so many updates and back and forths. It's just easier. And so I've gotten in the habit because of that of randomly calling people when I need a quick answer for something. And it is easier, but it's really jarring to people. It is easier. But yeah, it is alarming. I I just expected you to say like, well, Olivia, I hate you or something. (laughs) Or you're off the podcast before we've even begun. But then I was like, I think I even said, is everything okay? So if that was why I was calling, if I ever have to deliver bad news, then yes, I would rehearse. So if I have to say something that I think might upset somebody, I would. Okay. Usually that's a work context, not a personal very context. very thoughtful of you. Or the few times I've done phone interviews for things, I will sometimes rehearse what I'm going to say. But on the reg, no, I am a shoot from the hip. I'm going to randomly call you on a Tuesday night person. I feel like that reflects something I like about you, which is that you seem very confident in your choices and what you're going to say and what you think. And I struggle with that sometimes. But I really admire that about you. I wonder if make if doing the podcast will make that less true for you because I feel like sometimes I'm like, I talk for a living and like there are a lot of my words out there. So each individual one maybe has less importance because yeah. I feel like I probably say not, I don't want to say anything racist or harmful or hurtful, but like at a micro level, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, it might. It'll be interesting. I... I'm looking forward to see what it'll be like. Okay. What would constitute a perfect day for you? So first of all, it's a Saturday because that means that I still have one day of the weekend in front of me. Okay. I wake up without an alarm and it's rainy in the morning. Hmm. It's not going to be rainy all day, but it's rainy in the morning. So I don't feel any pressure that I have to go do something and make the most of the day. Interesting. I'm going to pour coffee. And I'm going to sit on my couch and read for probably like two hours, maybe get up and get some breakfast in there, Um, at which point it has magically cleared up. (laughs) Well, it can do whatever you want. Sure. It's it's my perfect day. (laughs) So then the weather's perfect. Maybe I go for a walk first. Okay. Maybe I go for a walk and I like get some me time. Um, And then I'm going to have lunch with friends. Okay. Um. And, like, it's going to be something delicious and, like, maybe we're going to have a glass of wine or so. It's going to be really nice. Then, and I don't have to explain how this happens, but I'm going to go to a really uncrowded suburban shopping mall. A nice one. Is this where Chili's comes in? Oh, no. Chili's wasn't even going to come in. But sure, if there was one, I would go. Okay. But, yeah, we're going to go to a really uncrowded suburban shopping mall with like a Nordstrom and like a Bloomingdale's. You have to come to King of Prussia Mall. Love the King of Prussia Mall, but it has to be not crowded. Okay. Yes. I agree. Yep. Go on. So then we're going to go shopping. Also, alternatively, we could go to the beach. 
Maybe there's a beach in the shopping mall sure. in this scenario. I don't have to explain it to you. That's, Shonda Rhimes will be on the beach as well. That's just how it is. Then I'm going to come home and I'm going to have a leisurely amount of time to get ready. And, like, I'm probably going to take an hour and a half because I'm going to, like, sit down in between and, like, scroll on my phone. There's going to be no rush. I'm going to get to put on a fun outfit and, like, do my hair and makeup and feel like I look great. I have a question. Sure. While you're getting ready – what is in the background? Is it a podcast? It is a playlist. Music. Okay. Music. It's like a fun, pop, upbeat playlist. And I'm like getting ready in college, but I'm by myself. The best. The best. And then I'm going to go out for like the longest dinner. Like my favorite dinners are where like somehow you sit down and it's 7 p.m. And then you're like, the restaurant is closing. Why are they close so early? And you're like, oh, it's 11. <laughs> and so I want to have a really long, funny great dinner with friends. Do you have a specific restaurant or city in which you want this restaurant to be in? Oh, I I would love it for it to be in New York. I would love for it to be at Vic's in NoHo is one of my favorite restaurants, but I'm flexible. Okay. I'm flexible. And then we're going to have a nightcap and it's going to be, I call it the bad decision drink where you've already had enough to drink and you're like, is this, am I going to be hungover tomorrow? I'm familiar with that drink. And so you have the bad decision drink, but because it's the perfect day, you wake up the next morning, not hungover. That sounds like it is the perfect day. Tell me your perfect day. Oh, well I had to follow that. Gosh. Okay. This is one I did not prep for. So this is just going to be first thing that comes to my mind. I didn't prep either. Just go for it. And yet I believe that you have had this literally planned out as if it is possible and will happen in the, like, very soon future. Just shove things you like into a day. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so I would like to wake up naturally at, like, 4.30 or 5 a.m. Now, this means I have to go to bed really early the night before, but ideally that would happen. It would be the perfect sleep. I'm even going backwards in the perfect day. I'm talking about the perfect night before. So I wake up. First thing, Coffee. In my mind, this would be like a sprawling farmhouse where I don't see anyone else except maybe my husband and my dog. And I would get my coffee and I would sit outside or in a library with a fire. And if I was sitting outside, there would be birds chirping. It would be kind of like the weather is right now. No humidity, 60 to 65 degrees, not 70. That's too warm. Sure. Be drinking my coffee. Uh, leisurely, that would that would basically be it. Then I would write for like three hours and oh, you're do you're doing productive things on your perfect day. Well, I feel like I have to balance it out, and okay. I feel like when I do something productive in the morning, the reading, the writing, it makes me feel like really good. You earned it. Yeah. So kind of optional, but you know, maybe I'm feeling really inspired and I write something amazing. Then, let's see. Okay, this day is going to be like 900 hours long. But then I move to the couch. I have a cozy blanket. And I watch like four to five episodes of a true crime documentary series. Just drinking my coffee, watching the series. Then I go outside and I'm magically in a different city. Yeah, magic happens. Yeah, I'm no longer at the farmhouse that I don't own in my life currently. I'm now in, let's say, it's a city I really enjoy. Let's say I'm in Tuscany. Sure. I, I'm in Tuscany. I'm in an Italian village and I'm walking around. I'm popping into different shops. I'm buying things. I'm drinking just more coffee. I have so much caffeine in my body. I may 
possibly just die at any point. But Yeah, but you don't get caffeine anxiety because it's your perfect day. It's true. It's true. I keep going back to this. So I walk around. I enjoy the sun. I drink coffee. I get a glass of wine somewhere. I people watch for like an hour at least. Then I – Have you eaten anything in your perfect day Oh, true. This is – who am I? I I haven't eaten anything. That's ridiculous. Part of my life is going to good places to eat. Let's see. I don't know. You didn't mention specific foods. No, I didn't. I didn't mention specific foods. Just I put in breaks for there that eating would play a big role. But I, I would need to think harder about that. Well, if I'm in Italy, let's say I'm just popping into some like a bakery or a pizza place, just or like kind a of, hidden gem. Yes, yes, where I can just sit in like outdoors, watch people, have a glass of wine, eat. Oh my gosh, this is this is necessary. Just a gigantic bowl of pasta. I love pasta. Sure, so much. And then for the evening, I think we would do drinks for at least two hours and then, again, a three-hour dinner somewhere, delicious, then drinks again. And then I go home and I put on the coziest pajamas ever and go to bed, I guess. I don't know. I feel like yours was better. The Suburban Mall really spoke to me, though, I have to say. Because, mm. like, a fo- just like a suburban food court at a mall. Oh, we're going to get bourbon chicken. Jake came to me yesterday and he was like, can we go to the mall sometimes? I need new clothes. And I was like, literally, we can go right this second. I will put down what I'm doing and we can go to J. Crew this moment. Did you? No, we have to go in two weeks. We didn't have time. <laughs> um, one time, my friend Elizabeth and I met at the Paramus Mall in New Jersey. She was driving. I don't know where she was coming from. Maybe she was coming from the Jersey Shore um, or somewhere. And she was like, do you want to meet at the Paramus mall? And we did. And we ate at, there was illegal seafoods there. And we like went shopping and I was like, this is my perfect day. And I took like $120 Uber back to the city at the end of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Come to the King of Prussia mall and I'll drive you. I would love to. It's a great mall. And then we can go to Toronto for our road trip. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old, for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? Mind. For sure. I feel like there's nothing that frightens me more than not having a hold on reality mentally. I It scares the living crap out of me. I Yeah. What about you? I could go either way here. You know, <laughs> I would like to say mind because I feel like that makes me more of a person of substance. And, you know, I want to write things. But I feel like many writers write well into their 60s or 70s. So at that point, I'm like, maybe I should just retain the body of a 30-year-old. And I feel like you would get treated so much differently. And I feel like you could just kind of like stay in the workforce. People wouldn't treat you older. I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, I think there are definitely arguments for both. For me, it's just the idea of forgetting things mm. really frightens me. I think that's why, like, the idea of mushrooms or psychedelics has never really appealed to me because I'm like, that is terrifying to not be in control of my brain. Oh, well, control is a whole other issue, which I have too, which is why I wouldn't enjoy that. But I don't know. Like, I'm really terrified. I'm not terrified of being 60. I'm not terrified of being 70. It's really, like, 75 plus that I'm terrified of. I feel like there are a lot of cool 80-year-olds now. There but, are, yeah. but, but it's not guaranteed. So I feel like, you know, the trade-off here is that, like, 
okay, so 60 years of your life, you're going to you're gonna live to 90. So I'm really only afraid of 15 of those years mentally versus physically. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm choosing body. All right. I support you. Together, we could make a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Cancer. Cancer, for sure. My mom died of cancer, and I feel like I am – very fearful of dying young. And I feel very strongly about going to the doctor every year because, and this is not a rational recommendation, but the last time you got blood work in my head is the last time you could have developed secret cancer. So it like every time you get blood work and you get a clean bill of health, like that's the, that's the most recent the secret cancer could have started. So it can't go too bonkers in your body between appointments in my head. I think you might have health anxiety like I have. It is very specific health anxiety. Like I don't ever manifest symptoms or think that something bad is going to happen, but I have like a high level health anxiety. Okay. Like when you do have a symptom. So this is how it is for me. Like if I have, let's say, what was a good example? Let me think. Oh, I was having heart palpitations a few weeks ago. And given how much I just talked about enjoying coffee, that probably surprises none of you. But to me, I was like, well. Well, that's scary. That's a scary symptom. It is, but it's surprisingly common for anxiety or too much coffee or even if you're dehydrated. I mean, literally the list can go on and on. But for me, I will Google myself into a, a dark, dark WebMD hole where I am now convinced that I have like my heart is going to fail. Is that something you would have? Or you'd be normal and be like, I'm going to make a doctor's appointment and that's going to be it. No, I would absolutely, if it was that abnormal, like if I had a lump somewhere, I would definitely freak out. Or if I had palpitations or something, I would definitely freak out. But I don't know. I don't like, on a day I feel fine. I don't like manifest symptoms. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I can definitely relate. And that is not a good feeling. Like if I ever have a headache, I'm not like, I'm dying. Like, okay. I have a headache. That's fair. I usually do think I'm dying. Oh. (laughs) What about you? Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? I, not specifically, but I do have really intense, like I said, health anxiety. And I tend to panic about symptoms and For example, uh, about a year ago, I went to the ER because I was having abdominal pain, and it turned out to be a cyst, but uh, which is, you know, it was fine, not comfortable, but fine. And they did the CAT scan or whatever it was at the ER after waiting for, you know, a billion hours. And they were like, well, you know, it's just a cyst, but also we found this unidentified thing. That's scary. And they were like, and on the report, it says, could be malignant, could not be. And for me, there is nothing in the world that can send me into a bigger panic than that. And I spent like two days like crying thinking I yes. had the worst form of the most rare cancer in the world. That and feels reasonable. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible, terrible feeling. But so I don't have a hunch as much as I just kind of suspect everything at all times. Yeah. Name three things that you and your partner – Not Jake, me, I'm your partner in this exercise, appear to have in common. Okay. So I would say, first of all, I think we both are very routine oriented. I think we like to develop routines and habits. And I think we find 
morning routines, nightly routines, work habits, organizational stuff, very interesting. The second thing is I think we probably know more about pop culture than the average person. Yeah, I think so too. Which is actually kind of rare. Like I'm always naming like random celebrity facts to Jake and he's like, who, what, why? And I'm just like, okay, I need someone else to talk to you about this. So glad to be here. And the third thing, oh, I think we both enjoy a Chili's, a suburban <laughs> restaurant. Like I feel That was like- the creepiest laugh I've ever <laughs> laughed. <laughs> Like, I feel like we could have just a really pleasant time in a cheesecake factory. Absolutely. And I think that's important. I love that. I wish – so I, I picture a future in which we get sponsored by Chili's and they shut Please. down a Chili's so that there's the right acoustics that we can ac- record a podcast episode there. Okay, here's my three. I think we could vacation together really well. I think you would get up earlier than me, but I think we would be on the same vacation vibe – and that's not true of all people because some people like to to do nothing more and some people like to do a lot more than I do. And I feel like we would be evenly matched. We well, might put that to the test someday. I was like, I feel like we should maybe book a trip. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can put that to the test. Toronto. Um, I feel like we could both functionally get dressed in each other's closets. <laughs> I like a lot of your clothes. Not all of them. Like you were wearing some crop tops earlier that were really cute. And I was like, I would just be pulling it down and like so self-conscious in it. And it looked great on you. But I do feel like we could functionally get dressed in each other's closets. And like. You do have really cute style. I love your dress oh, that you're wearing thank now. Thank you. You'll see it in our Vice photos. versa. Thanks. And I feel like we both enjoy we both appreciate a good book. Like, that's why we're here. Yes, definitely. I also think we appreciate just the feeling of being obsessed with a certain book and not maybe understanding all the reasons why, but going with it nonetheless. And I think that's important. Let's take a quick ad break. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Anyone who knows me well knows that I am very passionate about therapy. Finding a therapist that I trust and gel with was a process, but the year I've spent working with them has changed my life and honestly made me a better person. From fostering more self-compassion to helping me work through everyday struggles, therapy is perhaps the single best investment I've made, honestly. Carving out time to take care of your mental health regularly is so important, and BetterHelp can make the process of finding a therapist easier and more affordable than ever. If you're looking to pinpoint or address anything that interferes with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp could be a great tool for you. Yes, and they make it so easy. So first you fill out a simple online questionnaire that assesses your needs. They ask you about your age, your relationship status, your past experience with therapy, and what you're looking to address, and they match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. Then you can choose how you want to interact with them. You can message them anytime, no scheduling needed, or have phone or video sessions, whichever works best for you. Something we really love is that they have counselors who are specialized in specific issues like stress, anxiety, relationships, parenting, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, family conflict, LGBT matters, self-esteem, and more. All told, they have over 20,000 licensed professional therapists. And what's great is that they're committed to facilitating great matches, so if your first therapist isn't a fit, they make it free and easy to switch if you need to. And anything you share is always confidential. Best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. 
Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bad on paper. Okay, Becca, if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you're now living? Yeah, absolutely. What would you change? I would quit my job. Okay. Um, I feel like savings-wise, I like would pull out my investments. I have plenty of money to live for a year. Um, I would not work. I would live my perfect day as often as possible. I would travel way more. Like I would just be like, okay, every month, where are we going? Yeah, like I would be – I would definitely – be treating myself more. As you should. It's kind of like, have you ever seen the movie Last Holiday with Queen Latifah? I have. Very much enjoy. Yeah. And she like spends all her like life savings and then finds out that she's not actually dying. Spoiler. Uh, it's okay. It's a 20 Still year, it's a it. 20 it's a year movie. old movie. Like <laughs> it's the, the statute of limitations on spoilers is over. I agree. Yeah. Like that would be me. So like, I guess I better hope that the diagnosis is correct because otherwise I'm going to be dead broke. What about you? Of course. I mean, I think the biggest thing I would change is just that I would really stop giving a fuck about what anyone else thinks. Oh, for sure. That's something I really struggle with and find myself really preoccupied about. And for what? For what reason? So that's the biggest thing. And I think from there, every other decision would follow. But you would still live in Philly? Would you go anywhere? Yeah, I think I would travel as much as possible just like you. I think I'd stop doing the work that I just do to pay the bills and with writing and instead I'd just write what I wanted to write. I would want to finish my book if I knew that I was dying in a year. I would stay committed to that. I think that's a sign that you should always be writing. Maybe. Yeah. Oh. Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. Okay, I'll go first, obviously. I think I kind of said this, but you are you come off as very confident to me and you trust your vision for things and your opinion and I I really admire that. I admire how open you are. One of the first things that drew me to you on Instagram is I was like, this girl is like pretty weird and is just letting that all hang out. And I really like that in in people in general. But that's something that drew me to you. Thank you. I am a little weird. But I also appreciate when people recognize that. When people are like, wow, you're so boring and normal. I'm like, how dare you? Well, I think a lot of people are weird, but they're not open about their weird. True. True. So it's the openness that I respect. Well, thank you. Weirdness is just like table stakes with me liking someone. Fair. That's a good sign too. You seem very independent. Like I would say that's true. You could I feel like you could function by yourself on an island and you would by the end of your stint there own the island. Oh. And be managing some sort of a business on the island. And yeah, I really admire independent people in general and you just strike me as someone who's doing her own thing and being awesome at it. If my SimCity addiction is any indication, I would make a great mayor. <laughs> I believe it. You could get shit done. That I That's my next thing. Okay. So yeah. should I do too? Sure. I admire that – I admire your focus on self-improvement. I think you always have kind of like a new regime going, not in a bad way, but instead of just being like, 
hmm, I, I like admire your experimentation and your desire to like improve your life instead of just being like, oh, woe is me. This sucks. Thank you. I feel like it might be a bad sign that I'm always working on self-improvement. I don't think so. <laughs> well, it thinks. I, I find it very so. interesting. I think you are so great at doing your makeup. Oh, you wow. were in. <laughs> you were at this wedding a couple of weeks ago, your oh, cousin's gosh. wedding, and I. You like shared photos from it, and I was like, "Oh my god, Olivia looks incredible!" Like you were great at doing a event wow. makeup look, or you found an incredible filter. In whichever way, my compliments. It was absolutely a filter. The selfie. Oh. <laughs> But, I mean, I had put on makeup, so at least the makeup wasn't, you know, fighting with the filter. No, it really impressed me. Whichever – take the credit. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Is that all the version? No, we have – you're supposed to do five. There's more. So each of us have to do two more. Okay. I feel like you are very good at decisions. And this kind of Mm. relates to the getting shit done. I am very like, I can be like, I don't know. I could see this, but also I could see the other thing. And you are just like, nope, this is what I think. And also when you don't have an opinion, you're very open about that as well. But I feel like you tend towards having a very clear vision and being super decisive, which I think is rare and impressive. I think that other people might list that as a bad quality about me. I admire it. I think it's awesome. Thank you. What do I admire about you? We run out. The podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) I think you seem like a really good time. Thank you. I'm ready to test that theory after this. You do have to catch a train back at 6, so I don't know how much trouble we can get into. 6.45. 6.45. But when you and Jake do your videos of like tipsy makeup or like candle smelling or like sometimes just like when you go out to dinner I'm like she looks like a great time (laughs) thank you that is the biggest compliment I I think I am a good time I think so too I think the same about you but I won't steal your I, I have one more right yeah you have one more and I have one more okay this is very specific but I think you are very willing to discontinue things that don't work for you you don't like oh why do you say that because you're always like, oh, I didn't finish that book because I didn't like it. Oh, that is a learned – that is a new thing for me. And oh, that really? And learned with books. Have you found that you – it serves you better that way? Or? Yes. There are very few times where I want to abandon a book and I finish it and I'm glad I finished it. So my instincts are usually right. I feel like one thing that I'm very lucky is that I get provided a lot of books because I do have a cheapness about me that is like, well, I paid for this. I'm going to finish it. (laughs) And that takes some of it out. Even if I did pay for the book, I have another pile of books that I didn't pay for. So I never feel like I have to finish something I'm not enjoying. But that was very hard for me and has come during this podcast, maybe in the second half, because I used to never DNF things. Interesting. So that's where I am. Mm, maybe you'll get there. We'll see. Maybe. We will see. I really admire how happy you are and how, like, happy with your life you seem. Like, I don't know. You have, like, you and Jake and Winnie in this, like, cute little apartment in your outdoor space. And you, like, I don't know. You have your way of doing things. And I don't know. You just strike me as somebody who's, like, really content with her life. Is that just Thanks. how you project? Or do you feel? It's all a lie. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I am very happy. I think I that really means a lot to me. I was like smiling so big when Becca was saying that, but because I feel like I've been really intentional about creating a little like life that makes me happy. So 
yeah, that's really nice of you. I really admire that. Thank it you. comes through. Thank you. If you had been like, oh, yeah, I like actually like <laughs> talk I... to my therapist about this all the time because I really hate my life and I'm just trying to. Prove. I am miserable, Becca. <laughs> this is all a facade. Um, oh, no. Okay. Is that it or is there more? No, we did five. Okay. <laughs> Becca, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? Oh, um, honestly, so I don't have a lot of family now. A lot of my family has died, which is kind of a bummer. So I do not have a lot of close family. I have very happy childhood memories, but my mom died when I was 15. So I feel like my childhood was equally and more happy up to a point, but then it had a large black mark in it that probably made it unhappier than most people's on the whole. Yeah. To be completely honest. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to share that. And I'm really sorry. Thank you. I try to be realistic about it because I know there are so many other people in the same boat. And so I want to be honest, even if it's not like the lightest answer. No, always. I think that's something that's really important to me. And I really appreciate that about you, that you're willing to be open about that. It's difficult and real. What about you on the same question? I feel like my childhood was definitely as happy, if not happier than than most people's. I feel like as I've gotten older, my family has, has gotten a lot closer too. Um, and I feel like I have a really good relationship with both my parents and my brother, even though we don't spend every day together because we all live in different places. But yeah, I really, I really value it. As a follow-up question, do you think your parents or your brother are going to listen to this podcast? I know for a fact my mom will listen to this. So hi, mom. She actually just texted me before this and she said she loved the intro interview episode. What's your mom's name? Kim. Hi, Kim. (laughs) Hi, Kim. My brother probably will never listen, but I do love my brother. I'm on texting terms with Grace's mom. So, Kim, I welcome you. Do you know that I ran into Grace's mom when I was in Charleston like four years ago? And I didn't really know Grace that well, so it was kind of awkward. I was like, I sat next to your daughter at a press event because she like was working at a store, a very cute accessory store. Does she? Did she recognize you or did you no. just – you chose to – okay. I think she was like – I maybe – I think she said, do you live – where do you live? I live in New York. And then it kind of – Denise snowballed. is one of the friendliest people I've ever met. She so. was lovely. She was lovely. She is lovely. Yes. I don't know. Hi, Denise, if you're listening. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> when did you last cry in front of another person? And when did you last cry by yourself? Oh. I feel like I cry a lot. And yet I'm coming up like at a complete loss of when the last time I cried was. What about you? While you're talking, I'll try to think of it. Maybe it'll spark my memory. So I feel like this is very uncharacteristic of me, but I am the easiest crier when it comes to books or TV. And so I'm positive that I've cried recently from a book, but I can't remember what specifically. Let's see. Oh, I know that I cried. So I went to a screening of The Atom Project, that new Netflix movie, and I cried twice in that in public. Oh, really? I haven't watched that. Yeah, I, I cried twice in public 
in a crowded movie theater. That reminds me. I do, I do know when I last cried. I watched the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage oh, I on a plane. That. It's actually really good if you appreciate like food and cooking and surprisingly emotional. But yeah. Um, the last time I cried in front of another person, I definitely got very close to crying, but I don't remember if I actually cried. A few months ago, I – a couple months ago, I was in Boston. I went out the night before – and I drank way too much. And I just woke up the next morning with like the most existential hangover I have <laughs> literally ever had in my life. And I was sleeping in my friend Elizabeth's bed. Her husband was away. And she was like, what can I do to help you? She was like, do you want a Xanax? And I was like, I've never taken a Xanax before. And it's going to make me more anxious to like <laughs> think about what might happen if I take a Xanax. I was like out of control anxious, which does not happen to me very frequently. So it also it was like somewhat out of character. And I don't remember if I cried, but I might have. It sounds like you might have. It sounds like I might have. That's understandable. That is the worst feeling in the world. When was the last time you cried in front of another person? I, I assume Jake. I can't. Are you an easy crier? Um, I cry when I get angry. Oh, you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. But oh, I'm not an angry crier. It's more just like I don't know what to do with everything and it just kind of leaks comes out that way I, I honestly can't remember I know it was recent and, I, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm coming up with a blank if I remember we, we can edit it back in but I can't remember next question your house containing everything you own catches fire after saving your loved ones and pets you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item what would it be and why Oof! I didn't prepare for this question so this is off the top of my head I guess I would probably say I have, because my mom died, I have all of my childhood photo albums. And I don't think those photos are like backed up anywhere. And I don't know that other family members have them. So I feel like I would come and get the photo albums. The second would be I have this ring that is, it was my grandfather's ring. And I never met my grandfather. He died before I was born. But he, apparently was quite a flashy guy based on this ring. And I really love it. And I feel like it is one of the only connections item-wise that I have. Like my mom didn't really wear jewelry. I don't have an item that I feel like connects me to my family. So I might save that too if I could grab a second thing. Those are good choices. What about you? I am very emotionally attached to photos as well. So I think there are a handful of photos I would – grab the ones that maybe aren't backed up like you said the other thing that I would probably grab are my journals which feels kind of selfish but I had a journal that I kept from like 17 to 22 which are some really humiliating years but I lost it and it's the only thing to this day in my life that I've lost that I really regret I am so jealous that you are a journaler I wish I wish that I were a journaler. I want so badly to have that level of recollection and memory of like how I felt in the moment about things and to like laugh at myself or to see even just what I was thinking about. I love that this podcast is kind of a verbal journal for the part of my life that it is covered, but I so wish that I had journals. They're really, especially the ones I have now where I was like 11 or 12, it is so interesting to like have a I don't know. It's like you're looking at your reality from when you were 11 instead of your sort of cloudy memory of it. It's just, it's really, really fascinating. And it's taught me a lot about myself. 
Last question. We obviously did not even get close to 36, but we we took a sampling from each section. We'll be here for 17 more hours. I know. Uh, Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. Oh. Well, I think I'll go with my low. What do you think I should do about my... And other than Sims, how do you think I should handle my mindless, endless scrolling? I think that it sounds like you've already tried timers and they're not working for you. I think that you should put your phone in another room, like in your bedroom or in the kitchen, wherever is like separate from where you would from where you are. That's good advice. And I think if when you're working, if you have iMessages installed on your computer, you should either like unsync it or uninstall it Mm -hmm. and just physically take the phone away from yourself so that you have to go into another room, which would make me think about it Yeah. if you want to go get it. That's a very good tip. I might do that. I already do that to go to sleep. I put my phone on the other side of the room and it has really worked. So that's very good advice. Thank you. You're welcome. How do you feel about it? It seems like you feel negative about this. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I, I think I feel anxious about it is how I – out of control. Mm. Yeah. Um, My personal problem is a lighter personal problem as well. I'm not okay. saying this is like a crisis. Um, I have a lot of paralysis around traveling. So mm-hmm. I really want to book a big trip – I feel like money-wise, time off-wise, not issues. There is just a mental block in my head about planning something and getting excited about it for fear of needing to cancel it and then being like, oh my God, that would be such a lower low than just not going anywhere. And I don't know what this year will bring. Like I kind of feel like I need to rip the Band-Aid, but I can't make myself do it. I understand that. I think that's completely rational given the last two years. I would say, have you considered maybe doing a smaller trip and kind of booking that, like something domestic or something, and then maybe seeing how you feel about that? Because I think perhaps the experience of like planning something, doing it, it going off okay, everything being okay with COVID would maybe make you feel more confident to sort of build off of that. I kind of feel like I just did that with San Francisco and I feel the same way. And that's how I also approached last year where I wasn't going to go anywhere big or like was only going to travel domestically. And I did get to take a few trips, which I'm really grateful for, but I want to plan something bigger. I want to go somewhere internationally and like, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like international travel, you just like expands your mind and enriches you in a way that like sometimes domestic travel doesn't? Yeah. I think it just, pushes you out of your comfort zone more. Yeah. And, it, and and then it's more rewarding because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a few trips planned this year and I'm kind of just approaching it like, you know, I I just have to look forward to something. And if we have to change it, the good thing about the last two years is I think it's like we've booked things, we've canceled things, we've lost money on things. And I'm not – sad that I originally planned to do any of those things. You know, I I don't feel like I would lose anything by having that hope or excitement. 
that helps that you've had to actually do cancel something and you're like, eh, it sucked, but it wasn't. Yeah, life goes on. Yeah. But it is disappointing, so I get that. And it seems like you're feeling scared, cautious. Yeah. Trepidatious. Good word. Thank you. So this is our our last question. How do you feel? Oh, this isn't part of the exercise. No, no this isn't part of the exercise. Olivia's like frantically looking at her computer like, <laughs> what did I miss? Um, how do you feel like this exercise did to make us closer through mutual vulnerability? I feel like it works. Me too. Yeah. I, like to be really sappy, I'm like, oh, wow, I feel like I got to know a lot about you. Yeah, I really do. And honestly, something I've found in my life is that I have a really hard time connecting with people that don't open up about something or aren't like, hey, here's this hard thing I went through or here's something that may make me a little uncomfortable to share or that is not always the easiest thing to talk about. And so, you know, you opening up about something like your mom, like it means a lot to me. And yeah. I also feel like the mutual compliments was like really nice in a way. It was. It was. And I I don't know about you, but I'm not always good at taking compliments. I tend to deflect a lot. So it was a very interesting like confidence building kind of thing. And also I feel like maybe I don't give compliments as readily as I think things about people. Not for any reason, but just because it's like kind of embarrassing and overly earnest, especially with new people to be like, here are all these not like superficial things that I think are great about you. Yeah. I think you're like, yeah. oh, do you like me back or am I just coming on way too yes. strong? No, I think it's awesome. And also as someone who has social anxiety, I leave literally every social interaction being like, oh, I like greeted them the wrong way or like I should have hugged them or not hugged them or they I said the wrong thing or they they probably don't really think I'm funny or, or whatever. So it was just really nice to <laughs> have an experience where I was like, oh, I feel really good about hanging out with this person and like comfortable and not anxious. Oh, I'm glad. Let's take another ad break before we get into end matter. Let's take an ad break to talk about pros. So I've been listening to back episodes of the podcast for a while now, and I have heard Becca raving and raving about pros, the world's most personalized hair care brand. I just took the online quiz, and I'm really excited to see how the shampoo and conditioner works for my hair and the personalized products they send to me. I will report back. So as Olivia said, I've been using pros for two years now, and my hair looks so much better. It's the pros. It's healthier. It's shinier. It's fuller. And I don't consider myself somebody who has great hair naturally. Like my hair is on the finer side. It's thinner. And the pros has made such a big difference. Like I don't think that I've ever been somebody who has shiny hair before now. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. It takes five minutes, and they ask you about everything from your hair type and styling routine to some less expected questions, like about your diet, exercise routine, and zip code so they can take into account environmental factors, which is pretty cool. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Pros also has a really cool review and refine feature, so every time I buy a new bottle, I get to tell them how they did, and they make tweaks to make my next bottle even better. It literally gets better the longer I use it. As a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty, and they're also cruelty-free. And it's risk-free. If you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. 
Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash BOP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash BOP for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. You did it. You're almost out of the woods on your first official app into some end matter. Tell me what you're obsessed with. I've decided to go with a entertainment TV choice for this week's obsession. The last time I recorded, I did a fashion choice. So let's talk about what I'm watching. I just watched this docuseries on Netflix called Bad Vegan. Oh, I'm hearing about that everywhere. I am still processing it, like both emotionally and mentally. It is the most batshit thing I've ever seen. It's sad in some ways, but in other ways, it's just like, Human beings have so many layers to them, and I'm so concerned for some people out there. It, I just, it's a lot, and I highly suggest you watch. What's the high level pitch? Oh gosh, it's about a vegan. Yes, it's about this woman who owned a very hip raw vegan restaurant in New York. I want to say in the early 2010s, and essentially she got involved with a guy who was not a good guy, was not who he said, and she ended up going to jail. And the details in between are so crazy. You will just be watching the show and you'll be like, did they just say what I think they said? And it's just, it is a journey. If you like scammer documentaries, this makes Anna Delvey look like nothing. Interesting. Yes. I highly suggest. What about you? Okay. I have two and they're both beauty ones, which is rare for me. I am a very tried and true beauty product person, and I have just been buying things on Sephora so much more frequently than I usually do, and I don't know I don't know what's brought this on. So I have two new things to recommend. So the first thing is I was on a quest for a new concealer. I'm very curious about this, by the way, because I feel like this is one of the hardest beauty products to find. So I was using the Makeup Forever concealer, which a friend of mine uses, and I always think it looks really good on her. I feel like ultimately it was a little too drying for me, and I didn't like the way that it looked. So I decided that this was like an in-person quest. I needed to go to the Sephora store. And so I went, and what I ended up doing is I tried on a bunch of them, and then I left and I bought two different ones because I wanted to try them at home because I feel like my lighting is different. Mm-hmm. Sephora's are like kind of dark. And I don't know, like your pressure to make a decision. And Sephora has a great return policy. Like you can return anything at a Sephora. So even if you used it. So I I bought two. I bought the Hourglass Concealer. I don't remember the name of it. And then I brought I bought the Dior Forever Skin Fix one. And I prefer the Dior one. Okay. And I like that it's not – it's, like, pretty moist. (laughs) I'm sold. (laughs) It's pretty, like – I don't know. Like, it isn't too drying, which was the problem I was having with the other one. And I really liked the hourglass one. But I felt like once I let it set in, it kind of, like, made some fine lines under my eyes. And this one did not settle into fine lines. And Olivia is staring at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, do I have fine lines under my eyes? And, like – The sun is kind of coming in behind you. So it's really hard for me to 
really see, but it looks good. Okay. Have, have you tried the – I'm probably going to mess this up, but it's like Clay de Poe. It's the one that things I bought and liked is always talking about the amount of times I have had that in my shopping cart, and I have not done it because it is like something absurd, like $60. So if I'm thinking of the right product, it is – almost like a highlighter that you put on under your eyes and it's light reflective, which is not actually what I'm looking for. It's like the stick. Oh, I'm thinking about a, um, like a wand. No, I think it's like a, a stick. Oh, then maybe I'm thinking about the wrong one because Clay de Poe has a, has a different one that is more like a highlighter that people use under their eyes. And I'm like, that is not what I'm looking for. Okay. Fair. So I'm really happy with my choice. Um, I did something really funny that day because – so I went to the Sephora and I probably tried on like seven different concealers and I was kind of just like using different parts of my eye to like try them on. And, you know, they have like the clean wands to use. I'm sure it's not the most sanitary thing in the world and somebody's cringing right now, but – I think you're fine. I did it. I haven't cleaned my brushes in like – I won't even say. Yeah. It's been a that. while. So I had on like so many different ones to figure out which ones I even like liked the formula of and like what the right color was. I like had a mask on too and I picked two and I left – and I completely forgot that I had done this. And then I came home and I got on a Zoom call. <laughs> and I had like six different colors of concealer that like wasn't well blended. And like also it started to go up on my cheek because I ran out of space. <laughs> and I like got on a Zoom call and I still to this day. Do you have not- to commit to it at that point. I was going to say, I was like, I do not know if the person I was on the call with noticed. It was a man. And I was like. He didn't say anything, and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. If it was a man, then I, I think you're probably fine. So anyway, I found a new concealer, and then I also bought a new blush, which I heard recommended on another podcast. Mm-hmm. Erica Cerullo on A Thing or Two recommended the Westman Atelier blush in Petal, and it's a stick blush. That sounds expensive. Sure was. <laughs> eh, no, it wasn't like the most expensive. It wasn't cheap. Okay. Um, I think it was probably like $48. I use a stick blush, so I'm very curious. Oh, I only use cream mm-hmm. blushes. And right now I was using the rare ones, the Selena Gomez ones, which I actually love. They're so pigmented. They're so great. But I actually like this stick so much better. Okay. This color is also – like it's kind of a dusty rose. Like it is not the blush color that I would usually use. Mm. I am obsessed with it. I've heard so many good things about this brand. They also have a highlighter stick that I really want to try. So I feel like I'm going in for more. But the blush, it's really pigmented and it stays better than the Selena Gomez one. I don't know. I'm like really into it. I'm looking at it right now online and it looks looks pretty nice. I kind of want a second color too because I got the Dusty Rose one, which is what Erica recommended. And she has somewhat similar coloring to me. And so I, I was just so taken with her description that I wanted to try it. And um, there's another color, which is a brighter pink, which is more what I would usually get. And I'm like, oh, I like this so much. Should I get the second color too? Why not? It's going to last you forever. And I'm going to get the highlighter stick too. So I already am going to ma- place another order. That really appeals to me, a highlighter stick, always. Apparently, it is like – Ashley Spivey was talking about it on her story, and she was like – it just looks wet. Like, it's not sparkly. It just looks wet, which is what I want. Oh. You want to look moist. Yeah, I do. Okay. I want to look dewy in a way that, like, isn't sparkly. Okay. I can support that. And I think that this might achieve that. Like, sometimes I feel like, especially in certain settings, like, sparkly is not what I'm going for. Yeah, you want to look dewy. Like, you, like, fresh and yes. healthy. 
want to look wet. <laughs> well, I mean. To each their own. There you go. <laughs> Found it. Perfect. Okay. The thing I'm most excited to hear from you is I need your reading update. Okay. I wish I could talk about this forever because this has been the most interesting reading experience for me because we were talking about DNFing books earlier and I truly would have stopped reading this book if I had not been cheered on by like a hundred strangers who were telling me again and again that this series will change my life. So honestly, it wasn't until last night where I got to about... Wait, tell people the book. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's Akatar, A Corn of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, which I'm sure you've seen all over Instagram like me. And I got to about 35% of the book before I was like, okay, I'm starting, I'm starting to see what it's all about. And I just passed the scene. I think I described it to you as a fire festival fairy orgy. Which That's is, a correct assessment, yes. Thank you. I wanted to make sure I was understanding everything uh, correctly. And I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to see. I kind of feel You said like, you were addicted. You said you were hooked. I am hooked. Don't bury it. I was reading it on the Amtrak train this morning. And so it's now gone from being your night book to also being your morning book. Maybe because I don't have a morning book right now, <gasps> actually. And I may actually move the Kindle. See, the thing is, I sleep on the third floor. We have a very narrow row home. And then Do you live in a Trinity? Um, not quite, but same idea. are terrifying. It's not quite that narrow, but our stairs are very steep and there's a lot of them. So like once I'm down, downstairs, I'm not going back up for my Kindle, but I might have to start bringing the Kindle downstairs for the morning book because it is spicy and it feels kind of like it felt when I read Twilight. Yeah. Olivia, it's- oh, I apologize because I feel like if this is how you feel 35% into the book – I'm and I also just apart from like the steamy stuff I'm really enjoying just the the fantasy aspect of it and I didn't expect like the scene where they're swimming in the lake made of starlight it sounds like I'm making that up that is an actual thing the world building is incredible it's so beautiful and I feel like it's like an ambiance room but in book form I want it to be a series so bad it's going to be it's going to be a Hulu Hulu series I don't think they've like cast or recorded it yet. But the thing is, is like, I know, and everyone else listening knows that you know nothing. Like, you do not even know what you are in for to the tiniest degree. I know there's a massive twist. And, but I don't know anything else and I love it. And I am like, I cannot see a spoiler. That's the hard thing about Sarah J. Moss books is that I do not feel like the first book in the series is ever as good as the rest of the series, which is hard because you're like, please commit to this series where the first book is – it's not bad, but it's like it isn't at the same high as the rest of the series. And the books are so huge. So it's like, yeah. please enjoy this massive first book of a series so that you can really enjoy the second yeah. book. Especially if you don't read fantasy. I found it very difficult to get into because there's a lot going on. There's a lot a going lot on. A lot going on. And then you kind of start to see where it's headed and you're like, okay, I'm into this. Mm. So yeah, I'm into it. And I'm very excited. And what are what are you reading right now? I so, know you have a lot going on. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm reading like so many. I'm reading like seven books at once, which is not my MO. And I don't know how I've gotten to this place. So I feel like I just need to like 
close these out and it's start funny fresh. hearing you say that when you're surrounded by literally i'm not even kidding no fewer than like 1200 books oh my god within like the pile 20 system. feet the pile system is failing me there's like over here there's the pile of books that i want to read on the on the what was on the coffee table but it's now on the stool is ones those are the books i'm reading it's very magical these I will are say the that. books that i i haven't given up on reading but i just i'm not sure when i'm gonna read them <laughs> Well, there's a system to it. There's a whole, there's four stacks in the office of ones I'm flat out not going to (laughs) read. It is a mess over here. Um, Okay, so I am reading, um, among other things, and I'm talking about those in the current episode, so bear with me. Give me three weeks and we'll be caught up time-wise. I'm reading Meant to be Mine by Hannah Orenstein, and this is her new book, which comes out in June, and the premise is this... uh, girl who's a New Yorker in her late 20s, her grandmother has foretold the day that everyone in her family will meet the love of their life, starting with herself. And it's been true for every other person. And so the book opens on the day that Edie, who's the main character, is supposed to meet the love of her life. And so I think it's kind of like a fate versus free will type story. It's very cute. You know I like a kooky grandmother character, and this is like a kooky Jewish grandmother who's very like delightful and colorful and likes martinis and plays mahjong, and I'm like very into this grandmother. So I'm only about halfway through. It sounds adorable. It's adorable. Yeah. Awesome. So that is what we have for you on our very first episode. I hope you fall in love with us. I hope so, too. I'm in love with us. Me too. I feel good. (laughs) Me too. It's really fun. I feel good. If you enjoyed this, we haven't asked in a really long time, go leave a rating or review on iTunes or I guess Apple Podcasts now. It really helps people discover us and I would like that. I would appreciate it. Um, In the meantime, April Book Club, we are reading Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, which is Olivia's. Yes. uh, Is it your favorite book? How would you describe this book in relation to you? I would say it is the book that brought me the most joy. Okay. In in this world. But she has told us that it is best to go in blind. Yes, go in blind. It is about space and But give, it's not space isn't your thing either. So it's not like you're like I'm a space nut and like No, I am not. <laughs> I that would be the the last way people would describe me as a space nut. It's Go in even if you don't read sci-fi, if you like a mystery, if you like a friendship story, just give it a chance, and I think you'll really enjoy it. I saw some people are reading it on Instagram. Me too. I'm I'm really kind of nervous but very excited. So we're going to talk about that the last Wednesday of the month. We have a lot of getting to know you content this month. Oh, next week we're going to do a Just Us episode about morning routines, which has been one of our most requested. Grace and I did one a while ago, but – we have some new co-hosts and new stuff to say. We're on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. You can also join our Facebook group and come chat with us about any of these questions, books, space, literally anything. Space. Where can people find you, Olivia? Um, I'm at Olivia Mentor on Instagram and OliviaMentor.com for my website. And I am on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman and uh, my new fiction podcast, Bone Mary Berry. Either this is the last episode this week or it's all it all already is out. I'm not sure, but maybe you can It's great. Go listen. Go find out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.